Who walks like me, you gon' pick and choose. I seen those features to get in the loop. Put to they pointed like Tupac and Drew. They got sick of the running and picked up the dudes. Wobble gon' make niggas shake and they poops. Looking like Ricky when they in pursuit. I got a dream that I'm trying to pursue. If it feel, I'm like Biggie, just give me the loop. Megatron, Megatron, bitch, I'm a villain. Pressure wrong, pressure wrong to make a killer. Leprechaun, leprechaun, green to the ceiling. Put six stars up on your head, now you krillin'. Double cross me from the gang, you forbid it. Never a way that you gon' be forgiven. Weapons draw, weapons draw, now blood is spilling. This happens every day, data or spinning. Talk to my demons, they got me believing that I'ma go crazy like I'm Majin Buu. I'ma just go right through anyone front of my money and everything I'm trying to do. But they can't stop me, these niggas don't like me, these niggas is whack and I feel like a new. Some of them, they just be blind to the fact, cause they mans got some up and they don't have a clue. I'ma just leave all these little niggas hurt, all you gotta do is just mention me first. Niggas be mad cause they making this dirt and be me cause I put all these beats in the hearse. They like the way I be going berserk, Toppy like me but they putting in work. Talking on Twitter, I'm thinking they first mention me and I bet you my niggas go hurt. Niggas they knew I was different since birth, you not a hundred don't like to converse. Niggas be bitches should put on the skirts and you to the doc, we send you to the nurse. Keeping the luck cause I stay on alert. Finish the nigga and want us for sure. Get to the line and I'm finna convert. You not eating, you niggas say room for dessert. Head is contagious, but I got the antidote. Popping they top like I open the cannon If niggas ever forget and they think I'm in last, I'll drop 50 just like I'm Leangelo. I make your bitch come right out of her pantyhose. Niggas run up and these niggas on panic mode. Ripping these beats on my words, highly flammable. 007 to my fucking animal. Ah. All right, all right, all right. What is up, everybody? It is uh, KRAT7435 here. I'm back at it with another good boxing live stream post-fight reaction uh, chop session for you guys. Um, I'm going to be breaking down the post-fight live results of Andy Ruiz Jr. versus Luis King Kong Ortiz. And uh, it's going to be a flame show because I have a lot to say. This will also be uploaded to the podcast uh, down in my uh, description below. Please go check me out over at Red Circle Podcasting. That's also a very good platform that I've been doing, and uh, I continue to keep on grinding for you guys. So, yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, Shout out to the mighty, mighty LDBC and TWT, and shout out to all the hardcore boxing fans out there that care about the real justice of the sport. So let's get right into it, man. We have a lot of great fights to cover. Um, I'm going to be talking about the preliminaries leading up to the main event. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. Um, So, yeah, let's talk about um, Mr. Oscar Perez versus Anthony Cuba. Um, This fight, I really thought that uh, this fight was almost a Oscar Perez victory. But before I get to that, um, salute to uh, Star Destroyer 809. Uh, thank you for coming by. He said, I've been all right, just chilling, playing Warzone. Um, yeah, that's uh, good, man. Like, I hope everything's, you know, going well for you. And, um, you know, um, sooner like um, sooner than later, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be posting up, like, my Warzone content soon. Like, I've been, I've been trying to find, like, a proper way to, like, live stream, like, my gameplay and try to get rid of like, the lag. But, uh other than that, uh, I'm just I'm just trying to get that taken care of, and then hopefully um, I can I could give you guys more content because I do like posting my Warzone, you know stuff. So I'll be um, I'll be sure to give you guys that, you know, soon. 
But um, yeah, let's uh, talk about Oscar Perez versus Anthony Cuba. Um, I didn't watch the full fight. Uh, I don't think it was aired, but I did see some like social media clips here and there of people saying that Oscar Perez arguably won the fight. And uh, I, I would probably have to agree um, only, only for the sake of um, I thought Anthony Cuba, he looked pretty decent, but it really showed that Oscar Perez, he had higher levels above, you know, Anthony Cuba. Um, I think Perez, he's a live dog in the lightweight division in which I'm going to talk about the, sadly, the Jose Valenzuela fight, which uh, I wasn't too happy about, but um, we will chop that up real soon. Um, but as far as Oscar Perez's performance, uh, he did pretty good. I thought Oscar Perez, he, you know, he could have won this fight. Anthony Cuba, he's a good fighter, but I think now we're starting to see that PBC is really starting to match him up tough now. Uh, he's had some pretty good, you know, um, decent victories. Um, he was on, like, you know, every single one of his fights were on PBC cards, so it's not like Anthony Cuba is not a unknown up-and-coming rookie fighter. Um, he has skills. It's just that he really needs to start working on adjusting the levels. And I think that's where, you know, the detriment of his adversity will come in. Uh, Starter Shore said, I missed this fight. Yeah, um, I'm going to, like, uh, break it down. Uh, you know, the main event was amazing. Uh, not so sure of it being pay-per-view. I think that's kind of like the more difficult portion of how I really saw this fight going down. But um, other than that, uh, I mean, it's definitely worth, you know, you know, watching the fight. And I had I had a lot of like I literally had a lot of fun watching King Kong fight Ortiz. And uh, that's going to you know, that's going to definitely go down as a heavyweight classic. Stratosaur says I can't wait for Canelo versus Triple G. Yeah, I can't. Um, I'm not. I'm not really too into that fight, but I think I think Triple G. He's gonna be inside Canelo's head. I think I think Canelo. This is gonna show if Canelo is either gonna go back into the fighting the upper echelon, or if Triple G, if he comes in with something different that Canelo will struggle against. Um, it might it might be a bad night. I don't I don't know. I think I think Canelo's gonna stop Triple G. I think Triple G's age is just gonna catch up to him. And uh, it's just gonna show that that triple that triple G he, you know he's not he's not like the same guy anymore, and I think especially you know in his last fight against uh, um, who was that one fighter, um, Ryota Murata right I thought I thought Murata could have beat Triple G but I think the problem was is that Triple G um, he had he had great pressure coming into that fight and I think his power saved him so. Who knows? Uh, I mean, if Triple G actually upsets Canelo Alvarez, that's going to be very interesting. Uh, I just, I just don't know how that fight's going to play out. Um, I think Canelo should get the victory, but knowing that he got obliterated by Bivol, I think, I think now he's going to start being a lot more, you know, cautious going in the inside, trying to mix it up with Triple G. Because I don't, I don't know if, like, I don't know if people are not seeing this, but, but Canelo's legs are not holding up as he used to hold them up back in, back in his prime. So now I'm starting to believe like Canelo, he's not, he's not going to be as durable as he once was because all that, you know, 
like like basically excluding from what the whole computer all situation that he's been caught with the drug test failures but i think based off of the physicality of the age factor that's that's haunting on canelo i think i think his durability of his size is, is starting to get up on him because when you look at the weight discrepancy when canelo cuts weight he's actually looking a lot bigger in the weight cut so i think canelo is going to be looking a lot less um how should i say he's going to be looking a lot less fresh coming into the weight cut because it's like you know he's quote unquote a big guy now but it's like when you look at how much weight he's really cutting i don't i don't think canelo's really made for, for super middleweight anymore i think i think canelo he you know he should just stay at 175 if he wants to go ahead and get a rematch in with bivol but i don't I don't know. I think I think it's going to be interesting to see what Canelo is going to look like coming into the weigh-in with Triple G. Starter Shore says, I think Canelo will win and go on to Bivol. But, man, I'll be honest, Bivol, he's a great boxer. His defense is amazing. Yeah, Bivol, he's a dog. Um, he's an absolute killer. Uh, I think Dimitri Bivol is one of the best pure boxer punchers. But he has amazing pure boxing ability to the point where not a lot of people can mess with him. And people think like Bivol, like people think Bivol don't got power, but Bivol, but Bivol naturally keeps his opponents away from him because he has amazing punch accuracy placement to the point where his boxing ability gives everybody problems. And the biggest thing that I'm gonna see from Bivol coming in with Zerto is that if Bivol, if he hurts Zerto and he shows why Canelo couldn't do what he normally does to his opponents. I think it's game over. I think Bivol, he's in, he's in, like, you know, he's going to beat the living crap out of Zerto. And I think Zerto, he's going to get, like, like, I think, I think Zerto might get stopped in that fight. Or Bivol, he's just going to outpoint him, but he's going to brutally hurt Zerto, where he's going to knock him down a couple times. Hey, um, how's it going, Bruce Gas? Uh, uh, please go subscribe to Bruce Gas Boxing Jazz and More. Very good channel. Um, you know, thank you for coming by uh yeah let's talk about you know the other fight um yeah like i thought i thought anthony cuba could have lost that fight um obviously you know this is like the second draw that that he's had so far in his career his first draw came came from the hands of diego elizondo um you know decent fighter uh not the greatest fighter out there but he's four and two right now with uh one draw on his record or actually no three draws sorry but um he just recently beat Aaron Perez. Uh that was back in October of last year. But yeah, I mean he's decent. He's not like the greatest fighter out there. But uh like I said about Mr. Anthony Cuba, I don't I don't think Cuba really possesses enough skills yet to really show enough to really show enough separation in his fights. Um he really needs to start working on his defense a lot more. Uh I think that's gonna be a really big problem for him because if he does get hit more uh, I could like you know I could very well see him get you know get knocked out very quickly. Um, I just don't think that how PBC is moving him is like the right way. I think I think they're matching him up with like very you know extreme you know rookie level competition like you know which is good. It's not you know it's not bad, but it's like when you look at the the development of how much better he's getting. Um, I think Cuba he's really he's really. Uh, phasing himself to be to be reliant off of you know what the judges are going to give him and i don't 
I don't think that's a good thing to do. You like you really need to start working on your boxing ability. And I think Cuba, you know, he'll end up becoming a better boxer if he focuses more on pure boxing rather than trying to get a knockout victory. Because he did get a recent knockout victory over Oscar um, Oscar Acevedo on the Charlo Castano two card. But you know, Oscar Acevedo, he's not he's not that good of a fighter. Well, actually, yeah, you know, he was seven and zero coming in. Like um, he was um, undefeated coming into that fight. Sorry, but still, I mean, Cuba just by looking at his development, he has like a lot of work to do, and uh, I think I think uh, this would be about the proper time frame for him to, you know, just you know find opponents that are just as good as you and just keep building up off of the style. Uh, but yeah, that's how I see it w- with that fight. Uh, let's talk about um, the. Uh, uh, the Anthony Garnica versus Juan Antonio Lopez fight. Um, this was a very difficult fight for me to call because I thought Juan Antonio Lopez could have won this fight. Um, Anthony Garnica, he's an okay fighter. He's 22 years old. He's nine and one out of his entire career. Or actually, no. Um, I think I think that could be wrong. Hold on, let me take a look at that real quick. I think he's either undefeated or he has one loss on his record but you know he's an okay fighter he's not that good you know he's a uh 10 and 0 fighter with five knockouts out of his whole entire career five foot eight orthodox fighter out of oakland california um this is his 10th consecutive straight victory he only had one draw out of his entire career against um jose rodriguez saldana and uh yeah i thought i thought uh you know, either way, like this fight was very close. Um, I didn't really think uh, he won this fight. I thought, you know, Mr. Juan Antonio Lopez got the victory, but it just kind of made me think that, um, you know, uh, you know, the politics kind of favored Gar- Garnica because, you know, he is like a PVC, you know, type of fighter. Well, uh, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think, I think it was just more like, you know, the politics kind of played it, played, played into his favor, but. Garnica, he's okay. Uh, I'm not really too high on any of these West Coast fighters until they start like stepping up the opposition to see how good they are. But um, I thought I thought Garnica lost this fight. I didn't think he really won that fight against Juan Antonio Lopez. But that's very much how I thought about that. Let's move on without the next fight. We got Charles Martin versus Devin Vargas. Charles Martin had an explosive fourth round knockout victory it was a tko victory quote unquote against devin vargas um martin didn't look that bad uh he's a decent fighter but i'm not sold on charles martin i mean charles martin great heavyweight you know former world champion has a pretty decent you know to subpar resume but i think after the joshua loss and the adam kaunaki and luis king kong ortiz losses that really just set him back so far, and uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't see the flame in him anymore. But maybe, maybe he can make a comeback. Uh, it's good that he got a victory. So now it's like, you know, where does he go now? Does he just re-step it back up to fight some, you know, top ten heavyweight? Uh, I think him and Dillian White would make a good fight, or him and Derek Chisora, because I think that's a good fight as well. So. I think that's I think that's not the proper route to see Charles Martin back up on top because you know he could easily 
pick up pick up a title in the heavyweight division if uh, all the belts get vacated uh, between um, Usyk and Fury. But I don't I don't see that fight happening. I I think Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz Jr. They're you know they're gonna end up getting these titles and it's probably gonna be a battle of um, undisputeds because now that Andy Ruiz had beat Luis King Kong Ortiz, which I'll get to later, it, it now makes me think that you know the real fight that everybody wanted to see will start to be made next between him and Deontay Wilder if Wilder is successful against Robert Hellenius. But Charles Martin, great victory, amazing performance, and uh, can't can't wait to see what he does next. <clears throat> so yeah, let's get right into uh, Mr. Joey Spencer versus Kevin Salgado. Uh, look, man, I'm not I'm not too sold on Kevin Salgado, but Kevin Salgado, I don't think he's that good. I think I think he's garbage. I think he's a trash fighter, but I didn't. I did not really appreciate his performance because he really thought he's like the hyper, hyperactive fighter out there, and he thought he thought he was gonna beat Joey up and actually destroy him. But Joey, he actually showed a lot. Uh, he actually showed a lot of separation in this fight. No, uh, nothing really spectacular from him. Uh, it was a great performance, and looking at the division, Joey really put himself out there. Uh, this is a very, very good victory. I was very happy seeing the seeing the improvements from Joey Spencer. Uh, I don't like the fact that his father is training him. I don't think his father is a good trainer. I mean, he's decent, but he's really not that good of a trainer, in my honest opinion. I think the way Joey fights now, it's a very like medium to like mediocre style that would very well get him knocked out by any of the top 25 super welterweights in the world. But looking at the looking at the division, Joey really needs to keep keep away for now against Charles Conwell, which I think Charles Conwell would eat Joey Spencer up alive and very well destroy him. And he needs to keep away from Ismael Villarreal. Uh, I think Ismael Villarreal, for those of you that don't know him, he's a killer. Uh, has a lot of power in both hands. Just recently destroyed uh LaShawn Rodriguez on the Danny Garcia undercard. That was a good fight while it lasted, but he just he just absolutely destroyed him. It just broke his broke his life away. Um I think that's a very good fight in the future for Joey to fight. Uh I personally want to see him and Xander Zayas fight each other. Uh I think Xander Zayas um he's a good fighter for what he did recently. Uh, he, he definitely gave Elias a spot as a, a tough war. But I think uh, if, if Xander came in the way he did in his uh, previous fight uh, before that, in which uh, I forgot who he fought. Uh, let me take a look at that real quick because I'm almost positive he fought. Uh, who did he fight? Um, oh, yeah, he fought Quincy uh, Lavaya. Uh, if he fought the way he did with Quincy, I think Xander could, can can stop Joey, but I don't, I don't, I don't think it's gonna go. I don't think it's going to, you know, end up being like a knockout. It's gonna, like you know, it's gonna be a very competitive decision. That's gonna probably be a split decision, but I think Joey, he's gonna lose to a split decision with Xander. But if Xander, if he gets clipped by Joey, I think Joey could, can easily stop Xander. 
but it's going to be a very difficult fight to, to see where Xander will scale with, with Joey because now that Joey, he has a pretty decent name under his resume, uh, you know, for him defeating a guy like Kevin Salgado, now it, it like like now it's really showing where Joey's gonna be at in the like you know um in, in um in the near coming future. Um I think Joey should go ahead and fight either Xander Zayas, he should fight Brian Mendoza, he could fight Brian Sabayo, which that's a very difficult fight. Like these guys are not easy opponents, but I think maybe him and Jorge Cota that would be a good fight or Patrick Teixeira. I think I think Joey can can easily beat these guys. I don't I don't think their skill set will hold up late game, but it's going to be a very you know interesting fight. But I wouldn't mind like the Ismael via like you know via real fight, even though that's a very difficult fight. I think Ismael via real and Xander Zayas they're going to be on a collision course very soon, and then I want to see Joey fight Jamonte Clark. I think Jamonte Clark that's going to be the biggest fight out of Joey's entire career. Where if Jamonte, if he can hurt Joey, or if he could outbox him to make the fight extremely hyper competitive, then Joey he's in you know he's in like a load of trouble. Um, so I think uh, that's going to be a very interesting you know s- you know stylistic matchup. But another good fight for Joey, and you know you guys may think I'm crazy, but I think. A great fight for Joey Spencer would be against uh, either Kyle Men Agarco or Soleimane Suzoko or Lucas uh, um, Santa Maria. I was going to say maybe Brian Perella because Brian Perella, he's a very, very good, lanky southpaw, but but he, he actually knows how to, you know, work, you know, work around his jab and make the fight very difficult where Joey can't really get in, and I think where Joey's going to end up failing is that when somebody hits him to the point where they hurt him, that's where Joey's, uh, Joey's, you know, ring IQ, you know, will be tested against a pure boxer puncher, and I think that's really where, you know, the level of skill level will be tested now. But great victory with uh, Joey Spencer defeating Kevin Salgado. I thought Joey Spencer could have done more in this fight to make the fight a little bit more easier for Joey. But I think Joey, he took his time. He looked very poised. He looked very relaxed. And he made the fight his fight. He 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 actually really improved a lot in this fight compared to his last fight that he had against some unknown guy by Rashvan um, Pudanazarov, who was going to fight Xander Zayas on, on the June 11th card in which Xander got sick. But... Either way, uh, it's a very, very good fight because now it's really going to show how much better Joey's going to be. Because now that Joey, he, you know, he has some decent leeway in the division, it's now going to, it's now going to offer a lot more difficult fights on the table. But I think what Joey needs to do, he needs to find the right opponent that's going to give him more rounds. And for him to, you know, evolve his boxing technicality. So I think Spencer, he's going to, you know, he's going to get the job done, you know, at the, you know, at, you know, at the top of the uh, super welterweight division. But it's going to be very interesting to see where his ceiling will be coming into the near future.
So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Congratulations to Joey. Uh, you know, we'll probably see him back in the ring very soon. I'd like to say hopefully by December. I think December would be like the proper time frame. But I would I would like to see Joey fight Xander Zayas or fight somebody else. Because now that Xander, now that he was active, I think this is the proper proper fight to be made between Joey and Xander. If they could have that fight made, let's just say on a December, because Xander, he's probably going to come back very soon because he just fought back in August. So probably see him back in November or December. But I think that's what's probably going to end up happening. But yeah, we'll find out and I'll keep you guys updated with uh, who they will fight. But yeah, let's talk about the next fight with uh, Raiz, the Beast, Alim. Uh, I think that's his nickname, right? Yeah, Rice. You know the B Salim. Uh, that's what they call him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Rice the B Salim. He beat the crap out of Mike Plania. Oh my God, this is a mental beatdown. Mike Plania got his butt whooped, and oh my God, you Filipinos got exposed. But man, oh man, Muskegee, Michigan, we got a problem, and Rice Salim. Um, yeah, uh, he's a, you know, he's a problem, man. Raheem Salim, he's actually a very dangerous, dangerous fighter at the super bantamweight division. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. Raheem Salim, um, he's already ready for like a world title. He should have been granted his opportunity, um, a lot sooner, but dude, this fight was an absolute banger. Uh, he beat the crap out of Mike Plania. Mike Plania got his, yo, he got his ass whipped. Oh, he got whipped. He got whipped like a slave on the boat. Oh, man. He destroyed this Asian. But, man, oh, man, what an absolute monstrous performance by Raiz Salim. He gave this guy the toughest fight out of his entire career. And, man, Raiz, he is the truth, like Errol Spence. But let's talk about this fight. Um, I thought this fight was extremely competitive in the first round or two. But then leading up until the 10th, it was an absolute blowout. Raiz Alim uh, just annihilated Mike Plania. Um, I thought this fight could have gone either way because, you know, don't get it twisted. Mike Plania, he can hit, but he's not that much of a puncher where he actually lands that big shot on you. So Mike Plania... Very, very good fighter. I don't, I don't have anything, you know, rude to say about him. Uh, I think the biggest problem that I have against him is that, like, he doesn't have that much of a good defensive style. His, you know, his style was always front, front foot forward, but never learning how to fight backwards. And I think that was the biggest takeaway from this fight, where Raiz Salim came into this fight extremely calm and collected. But he gave Plania a very difficult puzzle to solve because Raiz Salim was just forcing him to his back foot, but he wasn't able to hurt Raiz to push him back. So this fight really showed a lot of levels. And I think Raiz Salim, very, very similar to Errol Spence in a way, he, he just used a very good style to give Mike Plania a very difficult puzzle to solve. But now... If I'm not mistaken, this fight really puts him in position to get a world title shot, in which I'm hoping it, it you know it's very soon because he wasn't active for almost a entire year, which I found this very weird. I don't I don't know why 
Raiz Salim did this, but he had a 10-round uh, round majority decision victory against um, Eduardo Baez in which he won the fight. This was back in November, but ever since then, he, he, literally, took, well, he, he literally took 10 months off leading up to Mike Plania to fight him. And I'm like, why would you do that? Because, you know, out of that entire 2021, back in November, you could have fought any of the other guys just to stay busy. You could have fought Tacoma, like, you know, Tacoma, um, um, Tacoma, like, you know, whoever, whoever, um, Inoue, uh, he could go after, I don't know, maybe Carlos Castro. Like, I don't, I don't know why he would, like, I don't know why Rice would just take that much time off unless he was probably waiting up on what the WBO was, like, either the WBO or WBA or whatever sanction about it that he was ranked high in to give him the opportunity to, um, you know, become like a mandatory. But it's like, if you're not going to be called up as a mandatory, then why wait that long? You should have just been back inside of the ring just to keep your skills sharp. But it's like, you know, I don't I don't know why Ray said that. Hey, salute to I am Trill Will. Thank you for coming by. Um, I appreciate you. Uh, please, go, please go subscribe to I am Trill Will. Uh, thank you for, you know, coming through. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought I thought Raiz Salim looked amazing. Uh, he dominated, you know, Mike Plania. Um, it was an absolute beatdown, and uh, I thought Plania he looked like he had no business being in the ring with uh, Raiz Salim. Uh, this fight definitely could have been stopped a lot sooner, and uh, I thought I thought this fight really showed a lot of holes in Mike Plania's game where. He really wasn't as sharp as he used to be, and uh, I don't know. I think I think it just really showed a lot of difference in the ability of what Mike Plania was able to do versus Raiz Ali. He he just basically nullified everything that Plania was good at, and he just absolutely you know dog walked him. But it was a very good fight. Uh, I had like a lot of fun, you know, watching you know the fight. Uh, I kind of I kind of felt like that. You know, the fight could have been stopped pretty early if uh, Raiz Salim wanted to, you know, knock him out. But um, Raiz Salim, he, you know, he did what he want in that fight. I really wish that he could fight MJ next after this fight. Uh, I think I think him and MJ should should really have that fight mandated because now that I think about it, if he could beat MJ and after that, if he's able to unify with uh, Stefan Fulton for Undisputed, I think I think that makes a lot better sense on the business side because it's like why would you want Raiz Salim to just get his you know his one and only title shot against you know Stefan Fulton which is a very good fight but the problem is is like if he loses that fight it's like that's going to hold him back a lot further but it's like if I'm you know Raiz Salim let me go after MJ because he's like the easier target so I think that the best fight to make for Raiz Salim's career would be going after Murajan Akhmadaliyev because Akhmadaliyev, he's a very, very good fighter. But the problem is, is that he's never been in there with a guy like, like you know, a guy like Raiz Salim. So if Akhmadaliyev, if he wants to take that challenge to fight, you know, Alim, I would go after it. Because Alim, I think, I think his style is all wrong for, Mer, like, an Amerjan Akhmadaliyev. But if that is a fight that that could be made, you know, cross promoted between PVC and DAZN. Uh, with uh, matchroom boxing, I'm all for it. Uh, I think that Raiz Salim, he should he should go after the easier target in 
Akhmedaliev, and then if he's able to, you know, destroy him, then go after Fulton. Because I don't, you know, I just don't think Undisputed would be a lot easier between Fulton and Akhmedaliev. It's not like MJ, he's afraid of Fulton. I don't, I don't think MJ, he's ducking any smoke, but it's like, you know, if I'm MJ and if I want to go for Undisputed, I would go after Fulton. But it's like, if you have nothing going on to make that fight happen with Fulton, go for it. But if you can't get the fight made, but you have like a mandatory in Raiz Salim, now this is where the conversation is going to be a lot more interesting. Because if Raiz Salim, which, you know, we could take a look at these rankings right now. And I could tell you guys right now through the WBA 122 rankings right now, because I know Raiz Salim, he's ranked in the WBA. But yeah, either way, you know, MJ, he, you know, he has like a very difficult you know, decision to make because if I'm MJ, I would go after Cool Boy stuff. It like you know, it, it makes more sense in the world for for him to go after him. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe MJ he had made a defense against uh, Ronnie Rio, so I'm not so I'm not so sure if he's he, like you know I'm not so sure if he would have any breathing room to probably have like a voluntary defense, but. Yeah, right now, yeah, like I'm seeing Azat Hobanesian being ranked as number one in the WBA. But but yeah, um um Raiz Salim, he's actually ranked number twelve. But let me take a look at the WBO rankings because I know he's ranked pretty high on that one. Uh give me one second. Um yeah, let me take a look at this. Because you know the rankings always change, you know, consistently. But yeah, we have uh in the WBO we have Mr. Uh, who we got? Who we got? Who we got? Uh, all right, perfect. Uh, for the WBO at Super Bantamweight, uh, we have Luis Neri. That's number one in the WBO. And behind him would be Mike Plania, who just lost to Raiz Salim. So Raiz Salim, he, you know, he should climb up pretty fast. Yeah, like Raiz Salim, yo, they, they literally have Raiz Salim. At number three, yeah, at number twelve through the WBA and the IBF, but in the WBO they have them ranked number six, and in the WBC they have them ranked number eight. Like literally, like you got to be kidding me. You have like, like, dude, you have Carlos Castro that's ranked number five in the WBC, in which he's a featherweight now. So I don't, I don't know why they're doing this. It's like you know that, like you know that doesn't make any damn sense, but. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you know PBC is gonna move this, you know, you know, move that direction with Ray Salim. I think I think the time is now. I think I think the sanction bodies, which you know, whichever you know, whichever one comes first, should go ahead and get Ray Salim his title shot. I personally would like to see Ray Salim fight, you know, Merjan Akhmedaliev, but the problem with that is that, you know. He's not he's not ranked top ten. He's basically a top fifteen fighter at number twelve through the WBA and the IBF. But if the opportunity seeks itself to be uh, made between him and Stefan Fulton, that's going to be a very difficult fight for him to win. Because like as much as I like oh shit, as much as I like Stefan Fulton, I just don't see Raiz Salim having a easy fight with him because Fulton. He's a very fluid boxer puncher. And what you see out of him is that Fulton possesses enough 
ring IQ, where Raiz Salim's not going to do the things that he wants to do against Fulton. So his only path to victory is that you have to hurt Fulton to the body and you need to dog walk him to the corner. And if Fulton, if he's able to keep Alim off of him, which that's going to be the biggest problem because he only, like, you know, he's only had eight knockouts throughout throughout his entire career, that's going to be a very difficult task. But now, with Raiz Salim, who has more knockouts than Fulton with 12 KOs out of his entire 20 fights, uh, I think Raiz, he will be the player in this entire fight to have more knockout power than Fulton. But the problem still remains is that if Fulton, if he's able to keep this fight on the outside and he's able to outbox uh, Raiz Salim, which that's going to be the very difficult difficult thing to do because Raiz Salim, he's a bonafide power puncher. So I don't I don't know how this of like um I don't I don't know how this fight will play out. I think Alim he will have a you know slight edge over Fulton, but knowing how Fulton is, I just don't see this fight being as easy uh compared to some other fights that we've seen out of Fulton and Raiz Alim. So uh I, I'm 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 pretty sure that's something that the PBC will probably make very quickly because if Fulton if he can't get undisputed with um MJ then he's very well gonna probably end up fighting Nioa Inoue which I think that's probably gonna end up happening in the future but I would like to see undisputed be made and then Raiz Alim he could get the winner sometime in the future or I don't know man I think I think PBC they're probably gonna try work try working something out to have Fulton fight Raiz Alim because Raiz Alim I don't like I personally don't want to see him be aged out because he's 32 years old, so he has pretty much, like, a good amount of time left, but it's time for him to, like, get a title shot, like, right now. So that's very much how I see it, man. Uh, you know, it was a great performance that he did against Mike Plania, and it's going to be interesting to see where he is coming into the following 2022 to 2023 year. So great performance, great fight. And moving on with the next fight with a Dominican phenom fighter, Edwin De Los Santos out of the Dominican Republic, uh, defeating the very first ever, um, you know, like highlighted PBC fighter with Jose Valenzuela. Um, he was former, he was the, you know, he was a former, you know, undefeated fighter uh, leading up to last night. Um, he got knocked out. Well, it was more of like a referee stoppage in which I thought the fight was ended too early. But Edwin, he dominated Jose Valenzuela. This was a very, very difficult fight. Uh, I thought Jose Valenzuela had all the wrong style to come in with that fight. And uh, De Los Santos just obliterated Jose Valenzuela. Uh, this is a fight that I actually was a little bit weary of. Uh, I actually thought Jose Valenzuela could have had the style to beat Santos, but I but I wasn't thinking that this fight was going to go to a knockout of which Jose Valenzuela was going to be more hurt than Santos. But it was a true 50-50 matchup and respect to both men giving it their all. But I did not like the fact that Valenzuela came into this fight with no defense. Uh, it was a very poor performance because I know – that he's a way better fighter than that. And um, he can be a way better fighter than 
this version of himself. Uh, I think that if he had more defense coming into this fight, I think he would have stopped Edwin De Los Santos, but it wouldn't be early. It would have been late, or it, it, it probably just would have ended up in some knockdowns, and then it probably would have went to the cards because uh, Edwin De Los Santos, he's a very good bonafide boxer puncher. He's a very deadly southpaw. He has a lot of power. A lot of people just kind of like, you know, you know, don't 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 really see this out of him, but I've seen it very, very actively throughout his career. Um, ever since the William Foster loss, uh, he stopped Luis Aposta, in which um, he's a he's a bona fide power puncher himself, but he knows how to hit and move. But uh, Santos, you know, he stopped him in two rounds, and that was an absolute, you know, demolishment of a fight. And, uh, you know, he definitely did what he had to do. But ever since then, like, I mean, leading up to Valenzuela, he was going to have a fight lined up previously in the past. But I guess this is where he took the opportunity on short notice, and he went in there and he defeated Valenzuela. So now the question asked is that, is Jose Valenzuela, is he not that good of a fight, good of a fighter anymore? And I disagree. Uh, I think Valenzuela, he's a tremendous fighter. He has great skills. He just needs to keep working on his abilities more. And I think that, you know, the time is now to to start leveling up the competition a lot better. But I think, honestly, this wasn't his fault. Uh, he was a, he was originally going to fight Jezero Corrales, in which I think he should probably go ahead and fight him and then fight Edwin De Los Santos in a rematch because Corrales, <coughs> he had some travel issues coming into the fight. So I don't know what's going to end up happening for him, but I think that if he's able to uh, get that fight with, um, with uh, Jezero Corrales again, and then go ahead and fight, you know, Edwin De Los Santos, I think that's a very, very good decision out of Valenzuela because now that, that, that will help him get more acclimated for him being more prepared for Santos, because I think, because I think Valenzuela, he could have stopped Santos, but the thing was, is that Santos, he's a bona fide boxer puncher, so he wasn't ready for you know that type of style with you know with uh, Santos, because he thought Santos, he was just a come forward you know Dominican type of fighter, but no, he you know he really wasn't. He 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 actually had amazing boxing skills on high display, and Ryo, he just didn't know what to do, so. Now that I think about it, if Ryo, if he had that same type of, type of, you know, sloppy style against Corrales, Corrales, he wouldn't like, like he wouldn't lay down against uh, Ryo, but Ryo, he wouldn't have been as hurt as we saw him against uh, Santos. I think Ryo would have known to to not be sloppy with his punches coming in so high, wide, and loopy. Because now, like, this makes up the Keyshawn Davis fight buildup look a lot more, you know, susceptible now. Because it's now going to make Keyshawn Davis be like, oh, well, his slow ass got, got himself knocked out because look at what Santos did to him now. Santos, you know, he'll just, you know, he'll just basically knock him out again in a rematch, man. And and I would do like, the same thing to Jose Valenzuela. And my actual, you know, response to this is that, Valenzuela did not come in educated in this fight. And if Valenzuela, if he wants to like if he wants to return the favor to the critics, which you know, uh, you know, the you know, the disrespectful criticism that 
Rao's getting right now is, you know, uncalled for and very disrespectful. But I'll be the first one here to say that I've always been supporting Ryo ever since he came in to the, you know, to the boxing scene. And um, he's always been a great fighter. Um, he does not leave himself in a bad position to lose a fight. Uh, I've always liked his development as a fighter. And I think this is only, you know, the beginning of where he will start his career at a better level. But I don't, I don't think he's a bad fighter. I think, I think he's a great fighter. He just, he, you know, he was met with a very live dog. And I think that's where Valenzuela, he will, he will start to evolve a lot better, but it's, uh, but I would say, at, uh, um, I would say at the end of the day, it's all on him based off of how he returns. And I think the best opponent for him to come back is Jezreel Corrales. Cause I think Corrales is that perfect opponent for him to come back refresh your mind and then do the same thing over again but come back in a much better you know evolved state and i think that's where ryo he will start to look way better coming into his next fight but we will wait and like like you know we will wait and see because this is a very highly anticipated you know um, um evaluation of, of where we're going to see him does this mean that ryo you know he would get knocked out by Keyshawn davis if they were to ever fight no I don't think Keyshawn Davis would do the same thing that De Los Santos would do. Keyshawn Davis is not that good of an inside fighter. I'll be the first one to say that. I think Keyshawn Davis, he's a tremendous outside out, outside pure boxer, puncher. But when it comes to the inside, if he gets hit with the same shots that Ryo got hit with by De Los Santos, Keyshawn Davis gets knocked out extremely bad. But if Ryo did the same thing to Keyshawn Davis like he did to his other opponents in which he had stopped most of them nine times out of ten, I think Keyshawn Davis would be brutally taken down. But I don't think Keyshawn Davis has this tremendous ultimate fear factor style that that would just you know demolish Jose Valenzuela. I don't I don't see this amazing style that Keyshawn Davis fans use to say that Jose Valenzuela will get knocked out. See now I did not agree with the referee stoppage. I thought Ray Corona was being stupid. I thought Valenzuela, he should have been, he should have been given the benefit of the doubt to continue if he had a puncher's chance to hurt Corral to uh, to hurt De Los Santos. But uh, the fact that the referee didn't do that, he, like you know, I can like you know, I can see it from a medical you know from a medical standpoint that Rio. He looked like he was like you know that um he that he was about to get you know knocked out, but you know the thing was is that he hurt you know De Los Santos when Santos was coming in trying to mix it up with him, and then when Ryo like you know when Ryo dropped him in the second round um, of that fight, that was a very very good assessment that Ryo did to gain success out of that fight, but now you know the thing was is that. What does Ryo need to work on to be more successful in the rematch? And I think, based off of what I see, uh, from what I've seen out of this fight, out of all three rounds, Ryo needs to work on his defense, and and he needs to, you know, start moving around the ring more. Because if he does that, he could have definitely knocked out Santos. But Santos, he's a live dog because he's a pure boxer puncher. He has over like I think like what two hundred amateur fights, but he's a very very you know, destructive pure boxer. 
and that's something that I can easily, re, you know, that I can easily, you know, um, respect out of him because he actually learns from his fights. He he actually gets better, you know, um, um, as the fight goes on. But now that I see how this fight is going to be built up now, I think Ryo needs to come back, you know, in the ring with a good heavy level, you know, opponent. I think Jezero Corrales is that right opponent for him. And then if he is successful, he should go ahead and get that rematch in with De Los Santos. See now for all the people, the people that were talking smack about Ryo to say, oh, he's bad. He's garbage. They don't want to see like a rematch. They were never true fans to begin with. But for me, you know, I'll be the first one to say with my own confidence that I believe Ryo is a better fighter than Santos. He did not come in with the right mindset in the first fight between their, you know, exchanges. But I think, you know, a more educated version of Ryo can defeat Santos. Santos, he's a very, very bonafide pure boxer puncher. But if Santos, if he gets hit with the same shots that he got dropped with by Valenzuela heading into the late game, I think Valenzuela, he could stop him. So... Um, it's going to be interesting to see what this rematch could potentially be if there ever is one. But I like to see a rematch as soon as possible because if, if Ryo does not rematch this guy and he ends up facing him for a world title shot, don't be surprised if the same result happens because I don't think Ryo will be successful in a potential rematch years later. And I think now would be the right time to get Santos out the way, defeat him, while he's still growing because they're both in a developmental stage right now and they're very destructive punchers. And I think with Ryo, if he works on his defense and boxing ability more, he could stop Santos. He could he could very well stop him. He could do the same thing to Frank Martin. But I think him and Pitbull, I think that's going to be a very destructive fight one day. But I think, you know, knowing that the PBC is lighting up all these lightweights up, they're lining them up for absolute wars i think now we're starting to see the real truth on some of these fighters but i think the perfect matchup for ryo in the future you know if he's able to get a jezero corrales rematch and he ends up winning go after edwin de los santos get that smoke out the way and then if you're able to beat him i would like to see him in there with a guy like you know isaac pitbull cruz uh zaur abdulalev Jeremiah Nakathila, that you know, that'll be an absolute banger, even though that he's not really that good of a lightweight himself. But you know, Michelle Rivera, oh my god, that that'll be an absolute barn burner. Um, I like to see him and William Zapata, Miguel Burchell. I think I think he would sleep Rochelle. Frank Martin, that's gonna be a absolute mega fight one day. And uh I'm not like you know, I'm not really gonna say anybody else you know, that's really notable on this list. Maybe Roley, but I think he would beat up Roley pretty bad. Maybe Angel Fierro, but I think Fierro, he's not that good. I think I think he's kind of like destined to get stopped one day. But, you know, that's like, you know, you, you know that's neither here nor there. But um, either way, uh, you know, great performance by Edwin De Los Santos. I think he's going to, I think he's going to be set up to you know to fight isaac pitbull cruz next which i'm going to get to that fight right now and i'll talk about that fight uh well i'm not you know i'm not going to talk about the abner maris fight i didn't i didn't like this fight i thought i thought you know miguel flores beat abner maris 
I didn't I didn't think Mars really did anything. He looked like, you know, total garbage. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about that fight. So, you know, I'm officially skipping that fight. But let's talk about Mr. Pitbull Cruz, Isaac Pitbull Cruz, that got a stunning <clears throat> uh, second round knockout victory over um, Zerdito, Eduardo Zerdito Ramirez. Uh, this fight was an absolute destruction. Um, I actually thought Zerdito came into a very poor, uh, you know, mindset coming into this fight. Um, I think uh, how he came into this fight was that he thought that he could use the same style that he did at 130. And I thought that was a very, very poor style to come in with. And uh, credit to Pitbull because Pitbull, he made, you know, the right adjustment to stop Zerdito you know, with a good shot. But the thing about this fight was that I did not like the fact that Zerdito stood right in front of Pitbull. Um, I thought this was a very dumb decision that, that he did because it's like, you, you know, you jumped up all the way from 130 to 135 and Pitbull, he was naturally, you know, the, how should I say? I think, I think he was naturally like the smaller guy coming into the fight but he had like the more deadlier shot coming into the fight. So, I mean, Zerdito, he's not a natural lightweight. I think, you know, he should have just stayed at 130 and he would have been fine doing that. But I guess either he could not make the weight at 130 or he just wanted to just go after Pitbull because he thought he saw something in him where he was beatable to the point to beat him. So, I don't know. I think, I think Isaac Cruz kind of, just put himself in a really good position to knock out Zerdito at the right place at the right time. So, uh, yeah, credit to Pitbull. You know, he's a dog. Um, he definitely has knockout power. But the thing about Pitbull is that he's only knocking out people that stay in front of him. I don't think that style lasts forever because he can't do that against a guy like Gervonta Davis that has a fully healthy, you know, physical you know, you know, you know, physical, you know, build coming into the fight or physical health coming into the fight. I think, you know, the reason why Tank didn't blow him out, you know, the first time was because of his injured hand. But I think if he did not have that hand injured, uh, he would have smoked Pitbull really bad. And I think that's really why Isaac Cruz was kind of being hyped up as this next great Mexican, you know, Mike Tyson to which I don't see that. I, I, I just see him as like a very hyper, you know, aggressive, like Marco Barrera mixed with a, you know, Juan Manuel Marquez. But, you know, but the thing is, is that he's a lot more agile with his inside pressure. But uh, Pitbull, you know, he's a decent fighter. I don't I don't think he's like the greatest fighter, like, you know, um, 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 in the lightweight division. Uh, he actually said some good words after the fight that, he wants a Devin Haney or Javante Davis rematch. So, but I just don't know why he wants Tank again. I don't. I don't see how that's gonna happen because it's like you're gonna have this fight made for what December. So Cruz is only gonna have like a basically like a eight week camp. Like I would say, like what starting in October. So let's just say if the fight is in December thirty you know, December 31st, you know, um, I'm just making something up. Like, let's just say if the fight 
between him and Tank gets made on December 31st. You mean to tell me Gervonta is going to take all this time off in which he hasn't been active since May? We're already like you know we're already heading into the month of September. So you mean to tell me he wants to fight Pitbull in a rematch instead of going after a guy like I don't know like I mean there's nobody else like available so I can I could see Tank's dis, you know decision you know of wanting Pitbull but if you already beat him at the first time and you said to the audience that you know that um you're not going to give him you know like another rematch because it's not necessary then I wouldn't do that you know I would I would just go ahead and fight you know either Michelle Rivera or probably fight uh I don't know maybe go after I mean there's really nobody else on here I mean you know he can't just fight no name you know he has to fight somebody decent in the division but uh I don't know man I really don't know cuz Gervonta he's writing out of like opponents for us to like really give him credit and uh I'm not you know I'm not going to talk about like the whole you know Gervonta Davis and Devin Haney saga cuz I'm going to leave that to be settled on my YouTube channel but um I think I think uh based off of the opponents that we see now in the lightweight division there's really nobody on here that Gervonta has left you know Lomachenko he's busy with uh, Jermaine Ortiz which I think Jermaine's you know going to you know be successful hopefully to beat Loma um he can't fight Jojo Diaz he's he's already he's already held up you know he he already has a fight against William Zapata uh, he cannot fight Maxi Hughes. That that would be a terrible fight. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what else is really here. I think I think it's pretty much like you know set in stone for either Tank to get a rematch in with Cruz and then maybe fight Devin. Which Devin Haney, for those of you that don't know, uh, he tried forcing the WBA to mandate that fight between him and Tank Davis. So it's like. I don't see why that fight can't be made, but it's like Gervonta, he's he's either avoiding Devin Haney, Devin Haney or he's just waiting to stay busy. And then if the opportunity sees itself to be to be fit to make a fight with Devin next, then that makes a lot more sense. But that's pretty much how I see it. Uh, I don't know what else I could really say other than just you know, keep it moving. I mean, Tank Tank needs to, like, like, you know, not every fighter that Tank fights is going to sell, but a good sell to the to the to the low level casuals would be get a rematch in with Isaac Pitbull Cruz and then go after Devin Haney after he gets his business settled against George Cambosos. But if there's nobody at 135, I would say just go up to 140 and just fight somebody there. I mean, you know, he could fight like a guy like Arnold Barbosa or if I, whoever. But I mean, you know, Gervonta doing that, that would just kind of be like a little bit weird because people will say, oh, well, what about 135? But it's like if Gervonta goes back up to 140 and then goes back down to 135, then I don't know. I think I think that should be like the next move. If he can't like, you know, um, if Gervonta uh, is going after Pitbull, then I mean that you know that fight will sell you know in a rematch because Pitbull now has like a lot of hype behind him because everybody will say, oh Isaac Cruz versus Tank you know in a rematch that fight's going to be a lot more destructive, in which I think that you know the fight will be destructive. But the thing is, is that where the rematch will be held, I would rather see the rematch be held in Baltimore because now that Tank he already beat Isaac Cruz 
it would make a lot better sense to have the rematch out in Baltimore because Tank, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't need to play by Pitbull's rules. He doesn't need to fight out in California again. But it's like it it it, it clearly shows that Pitbull, um, he doesn't really have anything else left to gain from a tank fight other than if if Gervonta knocks him out and 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 demolishes him in a rematch, then it's basically over for Pitbull. I don't think his career is over. It's just that nobody's not going to really be hanging on to, you know, to his hype. But it's like, you know, like um, we can easily see that Pitbull, he's only, you know, he's only relevant because of Gervonta Davis. But that's just pretty much how I see it. Uh, but hold on. Uh, give me give me one second and uh, I'll just, um, you know, come right back. But uh, yeah, just give me one second. Hold on. I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. But, yeah, back to what I was saying. Um, I think Gervonta Davis versus uh, Pitbull Cruz in a rematch, um, it, um, it would only make sense if Gervonta has nobody else left to fight at lightweight. Or if he was to, he, he could just move up to super lightweight and then move back down to lightweight to get a fight in with Devin Haney. And I think that, oh, wait, actually, yeah, like I keep forgetting Ryan Garcia. He's on the table, too. So, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe like Tank and Ryan Garcia in December would make a lot better sense if that fight is on the table. But you know what? I personally want to mind a fight between him and Montana Love. Go after Montana Love. I mean, Montana Love, he has a fight coming up in October. So he doesn't really have any. Well, actually, no, that's out in November. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gervonta, Gervonta doesn't really have that many. Yeah, he does not have that many options on the table. I mean, he, he like you know he does at you know at one forty. I think I think honestly, if Gervonta Davis wants to, I think I think he should go ahead and fight Alberto Puelo. Um, I think Tank versus Alberto Puelo is a good ass fight. Not only because of Alberto Puelo's style, but I think if, if Tank, if he could go ahead and beat Alberto Puelo and then just vacate the title and go back down to 135 and then try to test a David Haney fight instead of facing Ryan Garcia, which I think that's what everybody wants to see. I think Ryan versus Tank is probably going to very well be set up, but I don't know, man. I think, I think uh, Ryan Garcia versus Gervonta is most likely going to happen or... Gervonta versus Cruz, Pitbull Cruz will happen. Or Gervonta, he should go ahead and he should go ahead and beat Alberto Puelo because that 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 will grant him more credibility to be a champion, to become an actual two division world champion, because he'll actually have the WBA belt. And then 
you know, he could just move back down and fight Devin Haney because I don't I don't really see Tank doing anything else at 135. I think I think one like I think 140 is going to be his next move after 135 is cleaned out. But otherwise, if Tank's going to keep facing like you know weak ass opposition that nobody doesn't want him to face, then you know like it doesn't make any sense. It 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 doesn't serve his purpose as a fighter to actually do you know the things that you know he needs to do. But that's pretty much it that I have for that. I don't know what else to really say about Pitbull. Uh, you know, good, decent performance. Uh, he did all right. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it really wasn't like a actual, like, super-duper shutout performance. He just caught Zerdito with a good left-right hook combination, and he just slept him. You know, he, he just absolutely demolished him. Uh, first, man, first man to actually knock him out. So, uh, good victory, and keep him moving. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about the final fight, and then I'll get up out of here. Uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. versus Luis King Kong Ortiz. Uh, this was an absolute banger. Um, I thought this was a very, very good fight. Um, it definitely respected itself to be a absolute super mega matchup. And uh, I thought this fight could have easily went, you know, either way. But um, Andy Ruiz showed a lot of separation, like, you know, in this fight. Um, I didn't really see anything special. He didn't really look super duper amazing, but the fight itself could have easily been like a much more difficult fight if Luis Ortiz was a lot more uh, younger coming into the bout. Because I think the biggest problem was that Andy Ruiz he really fought a aged out Luis Ortiz to the point where he didn't really have to do much, and uh, he really showed himself to be very vulnerable to a lot of like very like low level sloppy punches that Ortiz landed on him. But I think if Ortiz, if he was like a lot more fluid with his reaction time and he was a lot more youthful, like especially Luis Ortiz that fought Deontay Walder the first time, um, I think, you know, Ortiz, uh, he would have stopped, you know, Andy Ruiz. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this fight, uh, Andy Ruiz had a lot more pressure coming into this fight than Luis Ortiz did because I actually thought Luis Ortiz was going to beat Andy Ruiz. But the thing is, is that Andy Ruiz, he had a good style to provide to Luis Ortiz, but Luis Ortiz had the more, you know, superior boxer type of style. Um, I think Andy Ruiz... Had a good B-level performance. Uh, I would rate it B-level, B-minus level. But Luis King Kong Ortiz had a very difficult style for him. And he's never fought a southpaw ever in his entire career. Luis Ortiz was a, you know, was arguably one of the most difficult southpaw fighters um, that Andy Ruiz has just fought. And um, I think uh, this clearly showed um, a lot of levels to Andy's game. And I think what will show later in his career is that if he's able to make these adjustments against all the other dangerous heavyweights like Deontay Walder, which could very well be next, which I will talk about Deontay Walder's post-fight thoughts on Andy Ruiz and his, uh, you know, little, you know, um, you know, integration that he had with Andy. I think I think it clearly shows that, you know, like. It clearly shows that Andy Ruiz, he has a lot of work to do. And I think that 
it's going to be very interesting to see um, what's going to happen in the near coming future. He says he wants to fight three, four times a year. And uh, I think it's going to show a lot of separation. And it's going to really show what Andy Ruiz is going to, you know, bring to the table. But as far as this fight goes, I didn't really see anything interesting out of Andy. I actually thought Andy could have lost this fight. I didn't really think Luis Ortiz really lost a lot of those rounds. Uh, uh, that was, like, really weird judging that they had in that fight. But either way, uh, Luis Ortiz did what he had to do to try to get the victory. But uh, I think, uh, honestly, like, I don't know, man. I just think based off of what I saw from, from Luis Ortiz – he just wasn't himself anymore, and I don't know if it's probably just the age. I think it is the age, and I think it's time for him to hang it up. But Luis Ortiz definitely had a very uh, – how should I say? He had a very harsh night. He got dropped three times you know, in the entire fight. Uh, the second knockdown, I thought it was bullshit in the third knockdown. Uh, I thought that was like a rabbit punch to the back of the head. Uh, that wasn't like a actual legal punch in my – you know, um, in my like opinion, I didn't. I didn't think Andy really had all that power that he says he has. You know, he had to hit Luis Ortiz with like a dirty shot to drop him. Uh, the first knockdown was a valid knockdown. He definitely had a good punch placement coming into it. But other than that, Luis Ortiz looked like he was like the more superior boxer, and I thought he banked in a lot of those rounds to defeat Andy. But yeah, Andy won a. He won a unanimous decision victory, and uh, I just didn't like how the scorecards were. Um, if you guys want to know the scorecards uh, for Andy Ruiz versus uh, Luis King Kong Ortiz, uh, one judge had it 114-111. Uh, that was for Edward Hernandez Sr. Uh, Fernando Villarreal, 113-112, which I can agree with that. I don't know how they would have scored that. Uh, I mean... Like, I just don't know how many people could really agree with that. I think that was a really weird judging that they had. But I think uh, that was a really weird judging that they had. They they probably would say that's, like, seven rounds to five Andy or, like, what? If they either had, like, both rounds scored, you know, like a 10-10 round, like, maybe. But it's, like, I didn't I didn't see that much out of Andy to really like win that many rounds. But either way, uh I hope Luis Ortiz is doing fine. He had a great he had a great career, but I think I think it's time to just hang it up, man. I mean Luis Ortiz, you know, amazing Cuban Cuban school boxer puncher, uh destructive southpaw, a lot of a lot of power. His only losses came to Deontay Walder and Andy Ruiz. Uh, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't, I don't really know, you know, what else to really say. I mean, I think Luis Ortiz, if he was way younger coming into the sport, he would have probably been a world champion a lot sooner, but knowing how Cubans come into the sport extremely late due to the political, um, discrimination that they get for, uh, trying to leave their country and being hunted down as a target. Um, yeah, it's messed up, man. But I hope uh, Luis Ortiz, uh, if he does continue to 
try to be on the path of becoming a champion. Uh, I just don't see it happening, man. I think I think it's just time to just hang it up. I mean, you had a tremendous career, and most people would consider him to be a champion, you know, regardless of not having a belt, because it's like you know the belts don't define you; it's your fighting attitude and your drive as a fighter outside of the sport that defines you. And I think he deserves that title to become a people's champion because he's just that good of a fighter where. He doesn't he doesn't let the sport control him. He he controls himself outside of the ring to be a major figure to so many people. So uh salute to Luis King Kong Ortiz and uh I don't I don't know where he goes from here. I think I think it's time to hang it up. But salute to Andy Ruiz, you know, great job. Uh very, very good, you know, competitive fight, but I just didn't. I just didn't agree with these scorecards. Uh, the other judge, Zacharyan, had it, had it scored the same way, one fourteen, one eleven. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know how, the, you know, these judges really thought Andy was winning the majority of the rounds. But that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't have that much else to really say. Be sure to go. Sub- be sure to go support the podcast. Links down below, and I will see you guys very very soon. Uh, we obviously have Clarissa Shields versus uh, Savannah Marshall. And then, you know, the beautiful queens, um, Alicia Baumgartner and, you know, Michaela Mayer. I'm definitely looking forward to that. So I'll see you guys very, very soon. Uh, it's going to be a very good night of fights for women's boxing. And then the week after that, we got a uh, Triple G versus Canelo. Uh, that's going to be, um, you know, a very good fight. And uh, I can't, I can't wait for the undercard. You know, it's going to be a pretty lit undercard too. You know, you got Austin, Austin Williams on that card. Uh, you have Jesse Bam Bam Rodriguez. You have Diego Pacheco on the card. And then, oh, who else is on the card? Um, you have Ali Akmeda versus uh, Gabriel Rosado. That'll, that'll be a good, good fight. And then. You got Mark Castro, which that's going to be hilarious to see him back in the ring. He hasn't been back in the ring since, like, what, May? <laughs> but, you know, not bad. I don't I don't care too much about Mark. I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere in his career. Anthony Herrera, he's back on the card. That's going to be interesting. He's going up against Devin McKinley. Uh, I think I've heard of him before, but I don't, I don't think I've really seen too much out of him. But that'll uh, that'll be interesting to see him back on the ring. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, be sure to go like, rate, comment, and subscribe on this live stream. Share, share it. Do what y'all gotta do. And yeah, man, I got I got so much content to bring to you guys. And uh, I hope I could bring my channel back to four four thousand uh, subscribers and uh, more counting on the way. So. I appreciate you guys for coming through. Uh, yeah, man, we got way more fights coming up, man. Don't forget uh, Shakur Stevenson. Um, he is also coming back on the card um, against uh, Robson Concesio. That's going to be a very, very uh, destructive fight. I can't wait for that fight. Um, you have uh, Keyshawn Davis. That's a co-main event against uh, Omar Tienda. Uh, I don't, I don't see this fight being a, 
competitive fight. I think he's gonna, you know, he's gonna knock out his opponent pretty easily. Uh, Henry Moncha LeBron, he's on the card. He's going up against Ant, uh, Andy Vences. That's gonna be very interesting. You got the anticipated rematch between Antoine Cobb versus Jalen Phillips. I can't wait for that. Uh, you have uh, Mr. Orlando Capo Gonzalez against uh, Misael Lopez. That's going to be a fun fight to watch. And who else you got? Uh, you have a lot of good fighters on this card. Um, you have uh, Floyd Cashflow Diaz against uh, Eduardo Diogo. Um, he's a young 23-year-old uh, Brazilian fighter. Uh, decent, decent fighter, but... Yeah, man, you got so many fights coming in September. And then October, uh, October is going to be lit. You got Mr. Deontay, the bronze bomber, Walder. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait for that card. Let me tell you what this card is about, man. You have so many fights on this card. It's going to be lit all the way from the top to the bottom. Uh, let me just tell you guys how amazing this card is and it will be worth the pay-per-view um against robert hellenius uh man you got frank sanchez against carlos negron uh i just recently heard about that from joe goosen uh you have emmanuel rodriguez versus gary antonio russell that's gonna be a banger and then you have argentina's own versus Puerto Rico's own Jeremiah's Nicolas Ponce, 30 and 0, no losses, no draws against Subriel El Brownie Matias. Oh man, this is for the IBF vacant super lightweight title of the world. Oh, if Subriel gets this victory, Puerto Rico will be in the building celebrating. Oh man, that's going to be amazing electric monstrous and hopefully Subriel matias destroys ponce because i don't think ponce is that good of a fighter but i think Subriel he's gonna he's gonna come in and definitely smash him um and then obviously we got the co-main event and main event you got mr caleb sweet hands plant against uh anthony anthony the dog derail and uh that's gonna be a destructive card i can't wait for that card that's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, there's just so much smoke on here, just from top to bottom. We don't even know how many more fights are going to be added to the card. So be sure to be sure to buy this pay-per-view, man. This is definitely going to be worth the money. And then, obviously, we got Mr. Deontay, the bronze bomber, Walter, going up against Robert Hellenius. So, <laughs> man, I think I think Hellenius, he's going to get stopped, bro. He he going, he going, he he's gonna be sent back to the nether realm, bro. He's not, he's not coming back. But I think Walter, it's gonna be a very difficult test for him. But once Walter figures him out, it's just game over, lights out. But that's pretty much it. What I got for y'all today, man. I'll have more videos posted up for the gaming side, so I'll be back on my grind right now. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys later. Thank you guys for supporting the channel. Be sure to support the podcast down below. And, uh, yeah, I will see you guys later. Peace out. Salute to the mighty, mighty LDBC.
and salute to the TWT. Salute to all the realest channels on YouTube. Salute to I Am Trail Well. Salute to Bruce Gas. Salute to Star Destroyer 809. Appreciate all you guys for coming through. Can't wait for the next one. And I'll see you guys very, very soon. Peace out. Have a good day. And I'll see you guys later. Bye.